rolling. If you've heard the show, that's how it's. That's usually how it starts. Actually, that's hey. usually the first words of the show <laughs> is "I am rolling." Uh, I'm here with Carl Blackwood. Carl, how's it going? Hey, man. Um, so we're doing this kind of on a on a last minute. It just happened to work out that I was way ahead on my production schedule, and you had some time, and you have a big show coming up that we would uh, we would squeeze this in. So I'm not really sure. Um, when this is going to air, it'll probably air, I would assume, this week, the week before the show, to give people time to prepare, and uh, I'll link up to the tickets and everything. So we'll start out, you know, we said before we got rolling that we'll we'll talk about uh, whatever, but I think the first thing we should talk <laughs> about is the, uh, is the Run Rabbit Run show, because I was there at Jive Hive Live, and I was blown away, and I've watched that on YouTube probably a dozen times beginning to end so well, let's you. talk thank uh, you. Thank you. a little bit about that so that other people can experience and and uh you're doing it on friday july 8th right yeah yeah at the linda yep. um i have an intimate knowledge with that place because i used to uh manage it and i was a tech director there first and uh so luckily i know the sound system really well and i know that it's capable of doing like a quadraphonic or surround sound uh, type of experience. So that was my f- first choice in where to go with this outside of outside of there because I think that true to Pink Floyd, it's like it's got to be an experience like that where it's not just a band on a stage, you know. So it's it's a new thing for uh, for us to step out and try it that that way. You know, the Jive Hive was absolutely amazing and uh, one of my favorite shows I think I've ever played. It was super intimate. You were there. Yeah. Yeah. Saw it. So yeah, it was unreal. Super intimate. And just like to be in that space with Tom and the whole crew, Mikey and Alec, it's just, you know, it's a pleasure and like just an honor in a lot of ways to be invited to be there. So it felt really good and very welcoming. And the band just decided that we needed another show. So we're doing the July 8th show and uh, love for everybody to come out and see it. Yeah. You know? And, you know, and unfortunately for, for, well, I mean, Fortunately for my for my band and myself, but we we have a a, a fairly important gig that night. So <laughs> I yeah. I cannot make you know, and I Damn. keep just like I'm like oh like it just it kills me. And as soon as I saw the release date, because you know this has been ours has been booked for months, I was like son of a bitch. Like I I really wanted to see it in that big you know that that like theater setting, you know. So yeah, I'm I, I'm bummed that I miss it. So people need to come out just like literally to help my soul. You know what I mean? <laughs> to fill to fill that. But void. you also want me to go to your show too, right? Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a geographical thing. Our show is at Unahog and Hoosick Falls, and you okay. know, so there's a, there's a big gap there. So you know, there's not a lot of crop. But I would suggest even you know whatever. I would suggest the travel to your show. <laughs> that's a, that's a kind of a curse of being a musician though. You never yes. have to go to your friend's shows. If you're gigging, it's like you can never, and I always feel bad. I'll see somebody like, Hey, did you see my band? It's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I haven't because I do gigs constantly, you know? And it's, I missed rush like every single time they came to SPAC until I was like 28. And I was like, Oh my God, I got to finally see finally. this band. It's one of my favorite bands kind of a nerd with music if you couldn't tell no that's good this is a this is a space that is uh is welcoming of music nerds as you can tell <laughs> like it's psychedelic man is yeah. what this is yeah <laughs> it's my my like my wife conceded the room to me that's when, uh, it, when we first you know we bought the house a little over a year ago and at first it was just this corner 
because we're in the garage. Yeah. And, you know, and she was like, we're using it as a proper garage. It's a garage. You know, we're using it. And so I just had like this little corner. And then eventually it kind of pushed out a little bit. And, I love it, And man. finally, like literally one day, she just was like, you know what? Just take take the whole thing. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, uh, I went I went nuts. And <laughs> how, how many times was there a car in here? Uh, no, never, <laughs> never. I mean, and those doors, you know, I've opened, you know, the bay doors, like I've opened them, you know, to get sun in here. Like, but you know, now that we jam in here, it's nice to have it dark. Like, as you can see, I black out the windows <laughs> and like I black out the two windows and then, you know, I got the disco lights. Yeah. It's a good, it's actually a really good sounding space. It's very dead. Yeah. 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 Totally. So you're playing in. Hudson Falls or Hoosick Falls? Uh, Hoosick Falls at Unahog. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard of Unahog. Oh, Unahog's a great place, man. The place is wild. I'll show you some pictures, like when we uh, when we take a break to listen to music, because that place is wild. Like I need to get you in touch with those people. You you guys would have a blast playing there. So let's talk a little bit more about um, Run Rabbit Run, how it formed and who it involves. You know, because it's kind of cherry picked musicians from from the area so uh, yeah let's, let's talk a little bit about the formation of that so really strange stories kind of uh with with me and just people i know uh i'm in another band called bent with cody bingham who's yes. the drummer and cody bingham's mother was my earth science teacher and i had like a little bit of like a troubled childhood and she offered me a home when i was in high school uh so but I had never met Cody, so Cody very well could have like been my little brother or older brother. I don't know. We were very <laughs> close. <laughs> he would have been my brother. And uh, and but so we met in our like maybe early twenties at a show and recognized who we were and who his mother was. And I thought that was just like a really unique uh, connection to somebody. Yeah. So he's a, he's one of the sweetest guys I've ever met. He uh, started playing drums with me in the band Bent, uh, my original band around here. And uh, he has a friend named Sean and Cody and I at rehearsals, we'd always like just start playing Breathe or Money or something like between songs. And then it just popped into my head. I was like, huh, I love that music. And I, it's my favorite band. Weirdly enough, though, uh, I didn't like the band when I first heard them the really? first time. I heard something off of Dark Side. It was on a cassette tape in my friend's mom's car. And I remember like putting it in and be like, ha. Huh. What is this? <laughs> but I was really into like metal at that time, you know? All right. Uh, so maybe around the age of like 15, I uh, started listening to it. Started with The Wall, probably like everybody. Uh, but Cody and I had that connection and, and he was talking about his friend, Sean, who's our bass player. Uh, and he's like, oh, Sean and I have this experience of like driving in a car just driving and listening to echoes. And it's like the one of the highlights of our life. There's like a sunrise or whatever it was. It was this elaborate story. And I understood exactly because listening to the music, I've totally been driving and listening to it. Just like, oh my God, this like visualizations and everything that happened throughout just the writing skills of the core group members of yeah. Pink Floyd, you know? So we, we talked on the phone one night while I was painting my house. I was on a ladder about painting. And I'm like moving around a room and I remember just having them on speakerphone on the ladder, like moving around the room. And we just talked about like doing this project and making it happen. And I was like, I bet I know uh, this guy that might want to play keys, uh, Rick Rothermel, who plays with me in, an, in another band called uh, Brian LaPointe and the Joints. 
I sometimes play guitar or drums in that band. Uh, we gig out, I would say probably 15 times a year, me with, uh, myself with Brian, but Brian, uh, has his revolving door band where it's like constantly different members. So he plays right. out way more than that. And, uh, Rick is just a tremendous keyboardist. He's one of my favorite people I've ever played with. And I talked to him and he was like, he was already like playing the riffs and I was like, all right, well just come on over. And I think he was the most skeptical of the project because it's like not an easy feat, you right. know, to really get it right. And we're still working all that stuff out, of course. But I think the most important part is that all four of us love the band, the original way they are. Uh, Rick's a tremendous player. And it's just, it, and it shows that we all love the music uh, so much. And then it was like another strange story. So uh, is that Sean and I, as children, my mother worked with his mother and like, and we hadn't met each other until we were in our mid twenties. When we were small children, I have this very clear memory of like playing Nintendo with him as like a five-year-old or something. <laughs> it was really unique. So we all have these like really strange background connections and, uh, but met later in life. But building the band beyond that has probably been the hardest thing is because it's like finding the right person, but, you know, containing the feel of the band. And I think that's the most important part. Uh, if you watch the video from the Jai Five, I think that the, the thing is like, we're not necessarily doing it dead perfect, you know, but we're trying to just maintain this like specific feel of the band. Right. You know? And the fact that you just played the whole album, just moved the whole thing right along beginning to end. To me, that was the, that, you know, that was the magic of it. And like, and since, since you're here and we'll play actually something from, um, the Jive Hive. Well, you know, so think about what Great. what song you yeah. want to play. But I want I want to ask you a question. Sure. Some of the samples that that were being those were being triggered live. Oh right? yeah, all the samples were being triggered live. Yeah. Yep. And that was the thing that blew my mind. You know, it was like playing an instrument, and I think you know I would see Sean like you know yep. his hand <laughs> hand would move away real quick and then come back, and you'd be like, well. He just he just triggered the helicopters, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. that realization that like you know, because at first I was just like, and the sound in the drive hive was nice, you know, with the oh, it's beautiful, the, you yeah. know, everything being surrounded. But I'm glad you answered that because me and my buddy were like talking about that, you know, we're like, man, that's got to just be like so difficult to get right in there and trigger those. And I used to use a lot of like foot pedals when I used to play like with an acoustic guitar and the guy who plays guitar i play guitar with now in, in my band and i used to f up all the time because yeah. i would don't miss I, yeah i would hit the <laughs> wrong thing by like just a like fraction of a second and then it would just be like well i just ruined you know i just ruined the song and like to play that whole album dead on time was amazing the the hardest part i think has actually been figuring out the samples and who can do what at what point, right. you know, there's a point when now we have the saxophonist, Chris Russell, he's going to be triggering some samples because it's like our bassist realized at the last show, it's like, Oh, I can't actually do those two. Right. You know, so we're striving to make the show better every time we do it, of course. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, the samples are being hit in perfect time with what you're playing so that it all, you know, you have to like be like, I'm playing in this timing. I'm playing in this timing. Now I'm, throwing my hand over here and it yeah the thing. But some and of these samples the timing back in the time you know yeah, some of the samples are like two minutes long too you know it's like a whole chain of things that happen and and it's like if you hit it at the wrong time 
you know, and there's some, you know, we're, like I said, we're not playing it like dead on to the beat of the record, but we're... It's pretty pretty damn close. We're, we're trying to like... do it close and probably the way that they would have done it, you know? And right. that's another thing is like, what you hear on the records is not what people experienced live. I saw Roger Waters a couple of years, uh, geez, with COVID, probably four years ago. Yeah, now. I was at that one, yeah. Yeah, and what an experience, man. I was like moved from the moment I walked into the building. It was immersive. There was like all these sounds coming from all these different points in the room just when you were being seated. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm in for a treat. This is going to be a whole thing, you know? And that's what we want to do. Uh, it's very hard, you know? I, I think that I saw a video of them when they did the wall in like the early 80s. It was like 81 or 82. They had to hire 500 people to make that show happen. <laughs> yeah. And the, I remember the guy at the mixing console, the engineer, like the chief guy, he was like looking around. He had three 48-channel consoles around him Jeez. and four two-inch tape machines. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> There's no triggering samples back then. It was right, like right, right. all too a click or someone in your ear going, Oh, the pig's going to fly over now. And, you know, be prepared for that <laughs> in the mid show. You know, I one time talked to uh, Tony Levin at the Linda backstage and I asked him about playing with Pink Floyd. Uh, he did that during the eighties and early nineties. I think he was on one record and he never got to tour with him because he was on another tour and he couldn't get out of it. And he asked uh, David Gilmore to move the first show of the tour so that he could make the Pink Floyd tour. And he was like, it's already sold out. Sorry. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he, and uh, it was a really interesting story. But the other part of it that I thought was really interesting is that everybody thinks that they're like this drug based band. Right. And, and Tony was like, no, they're cigarettes. like the military. <laughs> they're like the military. He said he played one show with them and he remembered specifically that you would be queuing lights in your right ear and listening to the light cue and making sure you're in the right place and all these things are happening around you while you're playing music there's like a person talking to you in your ears telling you that there's going to be a balloon or a light moving or all this stuff happening so it's a there's no way you could be like tripping right. on acid or whatever yeah. and doing that you know you couldn't do that no it was way. no you'd mess up i think <laughs> oh for sure <laughs> um but so let's take a, a quick pause and listen to um something that you guys did at jive hive live which which track would you like to hear from that i think we did awesome on uh, us and them so I, let's let's try us and them Okay, yeah, let's listen to us and them um, from Run Rabbit Run at Jive Hive Live, and then we'll be right back with Carl Blackwood.
Uh, Run Rabbit Run, uh, Pink Floyd tribute. And again, I know I keep driving it home, but I was so <laughs> stoked to have actually been there when that happened. And that's what I think of every time I watch it. I'm just like, it just, you know, it brings back memories. And, you know, I had just gone to a dispensary in Massachusetts, like <laughs> literally from the dispensary to the Jive Hive. So, you, you know. Wow, you that's a good day. My, my state of mind was, was fucking fantastic, and I was just like, oh my God, I'm getting Dark Side of the Moon like played to me privately. This is what it felt like. You know? it was and awesome. in that space, too. It's it's like, oh, yeah, this is the coolest spot in Albany. Yeah, we're recording there uh, July 26th, Ooh. and we're, right. we're not going to do a live stream. Like We're going to do a, a, an album. We want to take like our set list and play them there and get them multi-tracked and get some video and but more than anything i want to i want to release a record called you know shortwave yeah. radio band live at jive high vibe that's awesome man um, and, and uh the tracks will come out like really nice because the tracks i got from alec that i i got yeah. to remix them and that's what we'll hear uh yeah. that's what we heard right yes. uh so you know and and i felt like they get a a nice warm sound in that room yeah. because of just the nature of the room. You know? Yeah, we went in and um, just dicked around um, one day, but the whole band, you know, we went down there because they were cool enough to be like, yeah, you want to just come down and jam here? And like, so Alec was there and like, you know, set up the sound and yeah. and it was so nice. And we also have uh, Dave Tayo is going to, we're going to have him uh, produce them. Oh, so that we'll, that we'll, brings up our beef, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. He, <laughs> we he, recently had a beef. <laughs> uh, our band and your band, it, yeah. my band being Bent. Yeah, in, uh, in short we never met band. each other before, but somehow we were against each other already. Yeah, yeah, we were in the Nipper Town March Music Madness, uh, and we went head to head, and, <laughs> head, to and, head. and uh, in the battle, and we and we advanced. Yep. And I just remember when we when we were at um, at Jai Five when you know I was like. Yeah, I was all gloaty. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is amazing. This is awesome. But I still beat you. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, hey, hey, it's all right. Yeah. And it, I mean, you want to know what the, you want to know what our secret was? What's um, that? Our guitarist, Ryan, uh, his, his mom is our secret. She knows everybody in the world <laughs> <laughs> and is one of those people that is like super nice and knows everybody. And we literally were like, Ryan, can you ask your mom to just tell everybody she knows to vote for us in this thing? <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> the way it's supposed to work, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, I honestly, then like, I'm saying it like jokingly, but I'm like pretty sure that the only reason we did anything <laughs> in the March Music Madness was Ryan Shaw's mom and her network of friends. Cause yeah, that's just, amazing. I mean, I think that that is what humanity needs is everyone to just be like that woman. Yeah. And like one of the reasons that like on Spotify, you know how you can like see where like, you know, regionally where people are listening oh, yeah. to your songs. So, you know, Ryan just joined the band uh, early February, maybe. So the songs that are the cur- two songs that are currently on Spotify were up there before before he joined the band <laughs> and when he joined the band his old home his old hometown was like number two after like a week of him joining the band the songs had been out for months he joins the band and all of a sudden his old hometown is like wow and we're like all right yeah so hey ryan's mom uh whatever works <laughs> and then those people will talk and they'll keep yeah. going yeah 
But um, so I do want to talk about uh, your other project, Ben, because I'm actually, a, a, you know, like with everything else, when once I hear a band's name, I dive into everything. So I'm actually a fan of, oh, of your you. band. We, we've been around for a while. Yes, you uh, have. 2015 or 16, I think. Matt Plummer, John Longo, and previously mentioned Cody Bingham. We had a couple a couple different members on drums. Me is the first one. And then uh, our friend Sam as a guitarist then. Sam left, and then I moved to guitar, and then we uh, hired on one drummer before Cody, and then uh, Cody. And Cody's been the pocket of the band ever since. And so the first record, I'm playing drums, and second record, he is. So if you want to hear the difference, <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's a super good drummer and holds us all together. And it's like he's just got this specific pocket, and it's just like, oh, thank you for that, <laughs> right. you know. And and as long as you make him sound good, the band sounds good, you know. Yeah, good drummer is is what makes or breaks a band, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. All my favorite bands have good drummers. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah. And John, John Longo and him groove like crazy. And I've been friends with John for a really long time. Met him at a music store. First thing we ever did together was a festival. And I, he built a stage out of a weird truss situation and like, a a tra- a flatbed trailer. It was probably <laughs> super unsafe, uh, as far as I could tell, but I was just providing the PA. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Safety's uh, not my concern. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. I mean, if it rolls down the hill, you know, <laughs> right. uh, and, uh, it was really successful event, uh, way too loud for where it was, I guess <laughs> we were getting complaints, but it was okay. And then, uh, Matt Plummer, I met because Sam, another person, uh, and then, uh, Matt were all playing together and they asked me to be the drummer in this project and then the one person in the project disappeared and uh, so we just started writing together and it was crazy we wrote like 12 songs in the first month we played wow it was just like everything was just <laughs> flying and it was really cool uh, and really uh, unique for a situation and every time we get together like if we just wrote music and didn't have to play shows we would have so many songs right uh, speaking of that um, we've been kind of quiet probably haven't heard from us in a while but that's uh we've been woodshedding we have 12 songs in the works a very different way this time than what we've done in the past where we've done it all live in a room this is uh more produced over time and curated separate tracking yeah yeah and you know incorporating some different instruments that we normally wouldn't you know and um there's a baritone guitar on every record so far there's always been a piano I always try and make a piano, make it in there, but um, baritone guitar, really weird synths and uh, that kind of thing. And it's been a really creative process. This is the first time when we write, we just all get in a room and we write lyrics together. We're just trying this whole new thing and it's slow, but I think that um, what we're writing and what we're writing about is a little bit more powerful than what our previous records have. Not that they're don't stand on their own right but i think that it's just a totally unique experience and uh almost the way that they used to do it when you would just go to the studio and just write a bunch of songs you know but of course we all have day jobs so (laughs) yeah yeah when you know bands would just hang out in a studio for two weeks and yeah we'll just write some songs yeah and record them with a you know producer and we'll get paid two hundred thousand dollars to do it (laughs) (laughs) and it's like you know that's not like that for for a lot of us. <laughs> like studio time is very expensive, and that's why I uh, we just bought an eight channel interface so that we can do tracking in here. 
Yeah. Um, and I don't know how to use it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, you know, this, this piece of, I mean, we've only, I've only had it for not even a week. Like we just got oh, it. Oh yeah. No. But uh, Dave Tayo actually is going to come show me how to, he said he'll come hook it up and show me how to use it. Cause well, Dave is uh, the guy to he is give you the, the hand with that. It's nice having sure. Dave Tayo in my pocket, not in my pocket, like <laughs> just in a, a small like a, Dave in a gangster, in a gangster sense or something. You know, like I'm like, yo, he's in my pocket, <laughs> but like, it's nice to have uh Dave Tayo, uh, a phone call away where I can just be like, Hey, I've got this thing that I have. I mean, I have no idea how to, I mean, I could get a sound to go into my computer, but my, well, that's is, all you have to do. Just do it. Eight no, times. late latency. Oh, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't figure it out. I, and like, it was so bad that like, I couldn't like, and so troubles he, of the he literally, Dave world. literally told me to set it down and walk away. He goes, just set it down, walk away. I'll get to you in a couple of days. And I'm like, <laughs> no problem. And I just walked away, turned it off, walked away. haven't touched it since. So, uh, you know, I'll get to know how to use it. But yeah, you, uh, you'll be able to figure that out. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, so that's fun, I think. You know, and playing live in a room is great. Like, I love that. And it, you know, and that's what we're going to do for this one that, you know, my band is doing. We want to get that raw energy sound. But I love taking my time and like doing something in Pro Tools. And like, you know, I, I've done that in this room a bunch. You know, and I play drums about as well as like a sixth grader would. <laughs> Have you but, have you watched Instagram videos? There's some sixth graders that are better than me, and I've been right, playing well, my own life. I play I play <laughs> drums about as good as a sixth grader would that has never played drums in his life. <clears throat> and you know, I don't know. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I'm not great. You know, like <laughs> I can I got one beat, but it's fun to just like build something and then, like you said, add other instruments and like so. Yeah, I think that'll be a cool a cool sound for you guys to to experiment with that and so when do you think we'll hear something from that i would say at least one or two singles by december really yeah okay. yeah it's cool so this this calendar year we, we yeah some we're hoping band. you know like around around december is probably That's where awesome. we try and get something out and it's all building up so much that it's like really hard to kind of piece it all together because you know obviously i'm a pink floyd fan so you know, getting like what songs should go in what order. We're not th treating it totally like a concept album. And we don't even know if it'll be one album, two EPs, or I don't know, 12 singles, right. you know. But it's the way that each song is kind of constructed. I think we can come up with a couple releases out of it that are really coherent and move along, you know, in, in a way that makes sense. And uh, we're, we've all been kind of stepping out of our bounds a bit in playing outside of the band too. So I think that that's influenced it. Cody, I know, has been playing out with uh, with cover bands. I've done cover band stuff, so sometimes you got to learn a funk groove, you know, right, and like, right. and like, or a reggae, you know, one drop or something, and then you can throw it into your song. Yeah, cover bands get a bad rap sometimes, but I've I've always been a, a, a champion of of cover bands to an extent, you know, I'm like, because it's a great way to cut your teeth. It's a great way to get in front of a crowd, like you said. It's a great way to learn different styles because you're like, oh, I'm playing one set from forty different bands. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. Like I'm learning learning bass styles from forty different bands. So yeah, like I've, I, I've definitely played in my share of cover bands and usually had a blast. I've uh, I just started playing in one. Uh, 
around here that's more like a you know like an international or, or national like brotherhood of musicians it's kind of a it's, it's really interesting like i've never played with the same band twice and we all know this same list of songs and we go in and we just like nail it and it's tough and the first gig i played was like the scariest gig i've ever played in my life <laughs> i was like i don't know any of these people but luckily actually uh, my first gig i did know two people in the band but I had never played with them before, so it's not like right. just like you know them, you know, because yeah. uh, you know when you play with somebody, you get to you get to know their rhythm and their feel and everything, and uh, it's really challenging. And it was like, oh, learn these fifty songs and then show up, and they're just going to yell them at you. And you, <laughs> wow, <laughs> all right, we're doing this song. It's like, oh, cool, and you have to like meditate for like fifteen seconds to go. What is the song? What's the structure? And okay, we're ready to go. And hope you count it in right. You know. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's I'm the drummer in uh, in that in uh, that band, and it's uh, I think I being the drummer, it's like you better have the groove right and like the feel right too. Right. Um. So and it's tough. It's just like stepping into uh, that that first gig was probably one of the hardest musical moments I've had in a long time. It's like oh my god, <laughs> you know. Um. I I think we should probably. I know like you've got new bent coming out in December ish, maybe. But yeah. uh, why don't we listen to something previous from Bent? Well, uh, you wanna wanna throw something on? Yeah, there's a song on our last record. I I did mention piano. Yep. Uh, it's called Open Spaces, and Open Spaces. Uh, the the first sound in the song is three pianos being played by five people, and it's uh, one of my favorite sonic sounds on the on the last record wait three pianos played by five people yeah just a, around the room oh all right. and uh it's just this and like one. this bass melody in the song but the sound was just the room microphones two coals 40 38s like way up like 20 feet in the air and all these pianos being played at the same time and uh i wrote this song on the piano and i remember it being like kind of kind of cool you know it's a synth piano so i could add like all this reverb and all this crazy stuff and the only way we could get it and every time we walked into the room i would just kind of play it on each piano and they're all kind of out of tune out of tune of each other so it's even cooler because it's like they're not all correct right you know but you'll hear it all right cool yeah let's hear it and then we'll be back to uh wrap it up with carl blackwood Dreaded Fame 
this What's it gonna take to fill these open spaces? Dreaded, So that was Open Spaces by Bent. I'm here with Carl Blackwood. Uh, Carl, I want to thank you for coming out and doing this on such short notice. Um, yeah. No, you thank know, you for just, doing this. Uh, you know. I, call, I texted you through Instagram earlier today. Yeah. And now now <laughs> here we are. And the episode is, this is what, Tuesday evening? And I'll have I'll have it on the air this week. Um, That's amazing. But it's, it's just, you. like I said, you caught me at the right time. Because next week I'm doing Hip Hop Week. Where I have um, Ollie Wilde, DJ Hollywood, and JB, aka Dirty Moses, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, respectively, leading up to Alive at Five with Talib Kweli, and JB is, you know, opening the show there. So that's all done. Like all those shows are done and in the can, whereas normally I would li- wait to the last minute. <laughs> You're a hard worker, man. Yeah. But all three of those are done. So I was like, you know, what? I have time. I'm like, you could come in, we could record it. I could edit it tonight. <laughs> get it over get it over to gym in the morning and boom, we're on the air. So amazing. Everything aligned. So <laughs> Um, but before we go, or before you go, or before, well, I mean, well, I'd I, be guess going, I'm, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm, yeah, I guess it would make more sense that I get to <laughs> I mean, you can leave if you want. Yeah. I don't know what to, I would do here. <laughs> I'll just text but. my wife. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, Carl's at our house, and I'm, I don't know, I'm driving around aimlessly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but before you go, uh, is there anything that you want to promote? Uh, anything that you, anyone you want to say hi to? Like, uh, basically, the, the floor is yours for. Well, uh, I just want to thank everybody for making this scene what it is around here still after COVID and uh, somehow maintaining a little bit of that throughout the whole thing, which is incredibly hard on the working musician community for that period of time. Uh, It's been a while since I've had a public voice, I guess. So I think that's the most (laughs) important thing and uh, keep listening to music and keep listening to local music. You know, we do have the show coming up uh, and this is up for Pink Floyd lovers, not local music, but 
and if you know maybe if you like both <laughs> right <laughs> yeah Which, yeah you know, but uh july 8th at the linda um i want to thank the whole crew for making that happen there joe defino is going to be doing lights uh mikey Bash is going to be doing projections uh it's going to be in quadraphonic sound uh, but with what's going on on stage, technically surround sound. Uh, and it's just uh, going to be a beautiful evening. And uh, we, uh, another little thing is that we're big nerds. So all the music <laughs> that you'll hear besides our set that night, we have a playlist of uh, some of the most unique collection. It's a unique collection of like what Pink Floyd was inspired by, some of the songs they've influenced, some of the music and culture that they took from cool so uh, it's going to be an all-inclusive night also um tickets for that they're available right uh yeah at the lynda.org um and uh that's at 339 central avenue uh in albany that's a beautiful venue uh used to run it so i kind of know a little bit about it you know i'll put it right uh and i'll put a link on the uh page great thank you thank you listening to it on Town so you can get the tickets because like i said i 100 percent suggest going to see it if you're even mildly a pink floyd fan you know if you want a a sneak peek you can see the entire drive hive live show um on youtube correct yeah it's still up there Uh, incredibly got like eight thousand views and like since it's been up like 7600 which is pretty big for yeah. something oh, it was like yeah. a thousand a day for the first week it was like whoa what's yeah, happening here but yeah. um yeah actually uh we there is a bent show coming up too that just uh pinged itself in my mind here <laughs> it's uh august 5th and i may have this wrong but i think it's at rare form in troy i was right so it was at rare form it was with dr baker and roseway oh okay so it's awesome. going to be a great show roseway is rob fleming, rob fleming right? man it's that guy got a beautiful voice. Yeah. yeah, he's awesome. He's got a Jive Hive. I don't. I don't know if he's live streaming. I think he's recording. But uh, that's first week of July. He's he's at yeah. the Jive Hive. Yeah. He. Uh, I know he uses uh, Matt Nabalski as a drummer, and I work with both those guys at Parkway, and it's uh, they're both tremendous musicians. Yeah. So shout out to Parkway. It, shout that's, out to Parkway. That's, that's where shortwave radio band gets all our shit. <laughs> <laughs> Parkway music. That's right. <laughs> um, so anyway, well, you know, it's funny, Carl, because this is is hands down the the longest episode of Unsigned Five One Eight. So all I wanna, right, I want to thank right. you for that. You can edit I, it down. It's fine. No, I you know, I probably <laughs> probably won't edit much out, but it's nice when you know you just get shooting the shit and then you realize wow we've been we've been talking for a minute it's awesome but anyway uh carl blackwood bent run rabbit run um the show's coming up july 8th friday wamc look at the page here get your tickets and uh check out uh, run rabbit run at drive hive live on youtube and uh i'm andy scullin this is unsigned 518 and i'll see you on the road Unsigned 518 is produced in conjunction with Nippertown. You can find new episodes here every week on nippertown.com. If you are a band or musician in the 518 area code and would like to be on Unsigned 518, shoot me an email at unsigned518 at gmail.com. I'm your host, Andy Scullin. I'll be back next week with another episode of Unsigned 518. Thanks for listening.